Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 198. And the wait. Wait. Yo. Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Strict man, it's a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 198 of A Shot of Wrestling. It's Valentine's Day. We are recording February 14th, Friday night. I'm your very single host at Michael J. Party. DM is still open. Joined, as always, as huh, my very much married friend, Mark Schwan. Mark, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, everything okay? Like, you okay? It's Valentine's Day. You're here with me instead of your wife. Everything okay? Oh, we're celebrating a different day. I, you know, she understands my obligations to a shot of wrestling. Wink. Call the wink. No problem. My couch, my couch is available. My couch is very comfortable. Just, you know, we're here for you, buddy. We love you. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, she passed out, so I snuck out. <laughs> and it's also my birthday weekend. Happy birthday. Holla. A weekend before mine. So February is a great month for birthdays. It is. It's a fantastic month. It's President's Day as well. President's Abraham Day. Lincoln, yeah. George Washington. Fantastic. So what do you get planned for your first Valentine's Day as a married man? Uh, so we're going to uh, one of our nicer restaurants in Yonkers called The Dolphin. Oh, great. Love The Dolphin. Have you been? No. I'm talking about the football team. But, uh, well, it can't be bad, right? Actually, dude, this place is pretty sick. Do you, do you like seafood at all? No. No? Fish sticks. Fish sticks? You like fish sticks? Fish sticks? You consider that seafood? Do you like fish sticks? No. Do you like putting fish sticks in your mouth? No. Well, so you're not a gay fish. That's your joke. You don't, you, you don't want South Park? That should be taken off the air. Okay, first of all, you're... I'm joking. I'm you're... joking. Do you see it's trending on Twitter right now about South Park being taken off the air? No, I didn't see that. I heard like a season or two ago, they were saying cancel, cancel, us, cancel South Park. Yeah. But from the guy who told me he never seen Family Matters... Uh, Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. What was the fourth one? A Boy Meets World. Boy Meets Freaking it. World. You get no right to talk to me about my taste in TV. <laughs> and how are you a Hollywood actor? What do you mean, how am I a Hollywood actor? Like, what got you into Hollywood? Uh, Judy Garland movies? No. No. I mean, that's way before my time. And mm-hmm. by the way, Judy was a great movie. Good job, Renee Zellweger, for winning that award. Zellweger. But, anywho. How do you not watch any of those shows? Do you watch Full House? No. Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Oh, yeah. I remember that show. you fucking lying. <laughs> no, I've seen Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I actually like that show a lot. How do you see Hanging with Mr. Cooper, not the rest of the TGIF? <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Well, I don't even know what the TGIF. What? Oh, my God. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, at least? Yes. I love Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You're a fucking piece of shit. How am I a fucking piece of shit? How do you not watch any of those great TV shows that like molded people of my generation? I watched all that. All what? The TV show in Nickelodeon. Called? When I was a kid. What was it called? All that. All what? What's a TV show called? You're an, you're an asshole. I watched Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, but what do you watch? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sometimes. I will, not like, but what do you watch? <laughs> I, 
We're also uh, you're also a little bit older than me. I don't know. Maybe you didn't watch. Wow, shows. thanks for pointing that out, Dick. <laughs> yeah, I never. I don't feel older than you. I look younger. <laughs> you you look younger. Absolutely. Oh my god, we should put that up to the audience. Your mom even told me that. Stop talking shit about my mom. I was talking shit at all. I love your mom. Oh god. Can we move on? Please. Mark, you call yourself Hollywood, right? Yes. You're, air quotes, celebrity. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a celebrity. People say I'm a celebrity, but nobody whatever. Says nobody says that. Well, you're in the presence of a real celebrity, my friend. Mark, you put an internet celebrity all of a sudden this week. I don't know how you actually a celebrity, not you, Mark. Real celebrities do it. My phone's been blowing up every, like, 30 seconds. Oh, my God. I, it's too much. I, I need to retire. I'm done. Well, whoa, how, how are you an internet celebrity? What's going on? Um, I posted a meme. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday. Okay. 267 likes, 69 retweets as of 1140 Valentine's Day night, which may not be many for Kim Kardashian, but this is a huge deal for at Michael J. Putty. I've never reached triple digits in likes before. Okay. And I know you never don't know what that's like, but oh, it's, it's a bitch because your, your phone goes off all the time. Well, let me see. I didn't see it. It's the one with the... About how we should go see Sonic the movie because the funny company listened to us. We should support the company who's listening to their feedback because they want to release Sonic the Hedgehog movie months ago with the fake teeth. And they okay. changed it. You were talking about like timing and hashtags. I think I, I think I just did it at the right time. You probably did. But like my phone's going off every time I see my phone vibrate. I'm like, oh shit, what is this? You know, a little like from Twitter. That's funny, dude. Good for you. But anyway, Mark, we missed last week because you were recovering. From your crushed larynx at the hands of T.J. Marconi. Yeah. What an asshole. You are from Lead of Commentary. I know. I, know, I went you're, to check. I just went to go check on my friend Dominic De Niro, see how he's doing. In the middle of a match? In the middle you're, of a you're, match. You're a commentator. You can't leave. I'm also a manager. I also represent the Satsuji squad. Then you have to do either or. You can't do both. No, no I can do both. You equally. cannot. Bobby, Bobby DeBrain Hina did both. Why can't I? Yeah. Before the match starts. AJ Pan does it before the match starts. You can't leave in the middle of a match. No. You had Abel there with you. Yeah, so she left before the match started. No, well, I would have been more respectable. No, it's fine. I did my job. I did both jobs. And I still came back. With a crushed larynx, I still came back in commentary. You're not well, You're was, not talking about that. That was you? I thought it was Johnny Laurinaitis. You're such an asshole. It's not and even I, funny. Do you notice I get giving you dirty looks the whole show? Yeah, I saw that. Do you know why I was doing that? Why? Okay. So go listen to BWS Bronx Tale on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Check it out. You'll hear Michael J. Putty whenever I get a break. Drink water. To, you know, gotta lube up the vocal cords, right? But they're not gonna hear that. They won't. They'll hear you. They don't hear me. I found the water bottle Mark Schwann used, something similar. So here's me drinking water. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Here's here's me drinking water. Okay. Here's Mark Schwann drinking water on a live microphone. I kept giving dirty looks. That's you're such an exaggerator. You're such an exaggeration. No, I am not. That's go check it out. Unless that, Danny Walsh edited you out. Good job, Danny Walsh. This is all I heard. Every oh, ten minutes. Stop. You're cheap That's ass fucking You're a Hollywood actor. Okay. I no, this is my wife actually doing. So she got water on sale. Got these cheap ass water bottles. No, that's totally on my wife. That was that was exaggerating, but like you you hear like No. Yes. No way, no way. Unless I, was, I, unless I was edited out. I turned away a lot of times. Yeah, you still gave me a dirty look. Because I heard it on the headset, which means the microphones picked it up. 
I saw, I turned completely away. The microphone was right there. Oh, stop. So annoying. I said I bust your balls in that. Waiting two weeks to do that. I didn't do it during a match either. I was like in between or like when I knew when we were going to break. Was talking. I, when we were going to break, we are going away. No. Yeah. So really quick, we got like two minutes here. XFL finally culminated. Two years of waiting. XFL came out. Did you watch any matches? Matches. Still do that. <laughs> I, I still do that. Did you watch any of the games? No, I did not. But I've heard nothing but good things about it. Nothing but good things about it. My doorman loved it. Uh, my brother. Oh, not my brother. Um. No, actually, my brother was talking about it as well. I heard nothing but good things. People were a lot of my friends talking. A little about confused it. about the ro- ro- different rules, but that kickoff return rule is pretty fucking good. I thought it was cool. I like the no kickoff point after the kick. It was like you have different. Right. I think NFL, if they're paying attention, they should adopt some of these things here. And they had, they had before with the old NFL. Yeah, they definitely adopted most of it. A lot of the stuff, the camera yeah. angles, and a lot of the uh, audio stuff. But that kickoff rule, they should definitely take because it's safer. One, that's it's a lot safer, and you still have a kickoff return. Yeah, the kickoff return, and it's the best of both worlds. You get a touchdown at six points. Um, there's no point after the kick. You can get one point if you get a conversion from the two yard line. You get a two point from the five yard line, or three points from the ten yard line. I don't know about that. That that one, I'm not. I like that because it makes it more exciting. Yeah. Imagine doing Super Bowl boxes for the XFL championship. Every good number is going to be awesome. Uh true. I had the worst numbers this year. So did I. But you posted on Twitter the opening bout Seattle Dragons going as DC Defenders was a sold out stadium. Average three point three million viewers on ABC. Mm-hmm. Everyone's ranting and raving about it. Huge deal. Beat you, out Raw, beat out SmackDown. Combined. Right? I think it was. Right? It was a combined. Uh, I don't know about that. But I got I got really excited about that. I'm like that's fantastic. I mean, going back to the, the original incarnation of XFL, you want to get too excited? But last year, the AAF, Alliance of American Football, drew 2.9 million in the first game. Never reached anything remotely close and right. shut down before they even reached the end of the season. Well, XFL, they've had some good marketing along the way as well. A lot better a- marketing. And they had some ads during the Super Bowl. They did. A couple. Yeah. Y- y- football withdrawal. That's what the whole point of it was. Right. That's the tagline. For the love of, smart. For the love of the game. Springtime football. People aren't doing this for money. They're doing it for the love of the game. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Second it's, week. It's also interesting to see. Like, I, I know some people like tweeted at us saying, like, why are we talking about football and the wrestling podcast? Like, why do we care? Why do the rate? Of course, r- ratings could be higher no, than, than wrestling because it's football. But this is a Vince McMahon product, right? And the reason why this is important to note is the fact that, yes, we all know that WWE stock price has, has dropped significantly. Yeah, that's my brother. And the reason behind that apparently is because a lot of people are afraid that the XFL is going to fail. Another like, by the way, on my Twitter post. Good for you. Anywho. Jealous? No. Yes. I'm actually happy for you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So the reason why this is important is the fact that this does affect the WWE stock price. The XFL is doing well. The ratings are doing better than expected, it looks like. People oh. are actually liking the product. People are actually talking... Good things about the product itself, yeah. But the talent and that was your that thing. was my big critique, that was a huge critique, yeah. We were talking a lot of good things about the talent out there. So XFL, there was, there was good mat- matches again. There was good games. The games were good. They were competitive, except for the my boys New York Guardians dominating the Tampa Bay Vipers. But there was good. It was good games. Good so far. So I just want to get too excited to see what happens. With that too. being said, I mean, like that's that's the one big difference though between the last run and this run is the fact that the, uh, 
There was like maybe one or two marquee players last time, but it seems like there is a better talent pool this time. And I liked how the announcers, uh, the coaches, you hear the coaches calling the plays. Oh, right. I heard about this too. Which my brother found annoying. It was a little too much. I guess I understand how that's annoying. But I liked how the color commentator would explain what they're talking about. Mm, Like Tony Romo's dream right there. Yeah. (laughs) X wide out. Well, see, this guy over here, this guy's the X. What he's going to do is he's going to go straight and slant over after 10 Like, you break down the plays. Mm. Like, that's fucking awesome. That's pretty cool. That was cool. I, I might want to check it out. Definitely like, check it out. It's interesting. I'm it hope- sounds like I might be eating my words here, though, buddy. I hope so. I so, don't really say that too often, but... No, you do not. But I said, I'm not getting too excited. It's week one. The hype was there. The hype was there 19 years ago. I was hoping it follows through the week two. The odds looking like it will. It all depends on the games. If the games are good like they were this week. I'm we're, curious to see what happens these next few weeks. If the so ratings still hold strong, then... They're not going to. They're going to dip. But uh, AEW and NXT. Right? Even they, still, if it's, it's still take, two point whatever, yeah. I mean... It's going to take some time to plateau, but yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be in the next NFL, but it, it could... No, not at all. It could be a money grab. But good luck to the XFL. Looking forward to week two. Fingers crossed, buddy. Yeah. Something to pay attention to. And we will here at Shadow Wrestling and at Mark Putty. Mark, it's time to get some news. Ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it up. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, Mark, we're on the road to WrestleMania. I love this time of the year. Undertaker is going to be reportedly wrestling at WrestleMania 36, and his opponent is going to be A.J. Styles. How do we feel about this? Um, I feel like it's not the match that we necessarily wanted, but I don't think we knew that we wanted. I think that's it could be a cool match. My opinion is that I think it would be an awesome build. The match and yeah, is what, up in the air. What's the point of this? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, we have to see the build. I said the same thing about Undertaker versus Shane McMahon. There was really no build to that at all. Um, point to that. But the build is cool. So I'm interested to see how they initiate this rivalry feud right i mean i think they could tell a story i think aj Styles could make anyone look good not to say undertaker doesn't look good but it depends what type of shape he's in and he if can it, make anybody look good too if it's any indication of what he looked like last time i mean undertaker looked like he was in pretty good shape uh aj styles he's coming off an injury so let's see how that goes as well but you know there's still plenty of time between now and wrestlemania so you know we'll see i'm i'm curious to, i'm more so curious to see the build than the match i think Still haven't got my WrestleMania tickets yet this year. Are you going or what? It's up in the air, mm-hmm. but I've been given the green light to go. Okay. Plans are in place for me to go. Now i got to worry about going. I don't mind going alone. I have other friends going so I can hang out with them. So i got to make up my mind here. And what's pushing me to go is because this will be my 15th WrestleMania in a row. Damn. So my last WrestleMania I saw on TV was WrestleMania 21. When wow. WrestleMania went in Hollywood. WrestleMania 37 is going back to Hollywood. The SoFi Stadium on March 20th. That stadium 20, looks gorgeous, by the 21. way. 21. Looks amazing. Oh, my God. Apparently, it's going to seat more than Cowboy Stadium, from what I heard. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's going to be massive. And not WrestleMania 34 drew, what, 101,000 plus? Yeah. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti said, There is nothing quite like WrestleMania week. One of a kind of event that provides an economic boost to the region and fans from around it the world will really find It really does. Us. People are bidding on WrestleMania. Oh, oh no, people, cut, cities are, are building. just cutting me off now? That's, that's weird. I was in the middle of a sentence. Can I wait until I finish the sentence? Go on. No, go ahead. You're making a good point. So let's go ahead. 
I was going to say, cities are bidding on WrestleMania like it's the Olympics. You're such an ass. That was the thing we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, a couple years ago. That was a new thing. All of a sudden, these big cities are now bidding on it like they do for the Olympics. And it's a huge deal because WrestleMania is not just a one-night event anymore. It's a huge week-long no. thing. You got Raw, SmackDown, NXT, TakeOver now, Hall of Fame. Access Week. Access Week. Uh, charity you, events. Then you have independent shows going Those, on all week long. They, they always hold this auction event. Visiting the hospitals, and they said the indie shows. So it's a huge economic. They build. They they pulled in like one point something billion dollars for the last thirteen years, I think. Damn, dude. So, yeah, the cars are to L.A. And something I noticed the last couple of years is WWE wants to beat the NFL, so they'll go to stadiums mm-hmm. to beat the record. So the next year, when the NFL goes there, they fall short. Wow. They did that with MetLife Stadium. Okay. They did that with another stadium. I forgot which one it was. Right after that. So Super Bowls aren't beating WrestleMania? No, because think about it. There's there's seats on the field. True. NFL, Super Bowl's Super locked. Bowl will never compete with that no. then. They're locked into the seats in the stadium. Right. Wow. W can fill in the field. So WWE is competing with concerts. Okay. But they don't tell anybody about that. They just want to beat the NFL. Exactly. Someone we might see at a future WrestleMania, Simone Johnson got signed. 18-year-old daughter of The Rock, who I met one time. Very lovely young lady. You met her, really? Yeah, WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. Okay. She's already begun her training at the Performance Center. She'll become the company's first fourth-generation superstar. That is amazing. Yeah. Triple H said, Simone Johnson's unbridled passion and incredible drive has earned her a coveted spot training with the elite athletes from around the world at the Performance Center. Good uh, for her. Assistant head coach Sarah Amato said she's like a sponge. It's pretty amazing. She knows what it takes to succeed and all the hard work and sacrifice that goes into it. I wouldn't have expected anything less. And of course, The Rock said, and I quote, carry our family name proudly, but your road will always be yours to create, earn, and own. So proud. Live the dream. Let's work. Good for her. Yeah. And it's great timing because CM Punk asked Charlotte, because Charlotte's the only one who knows what she's going through right now. Right. Being a third generation Oh, uh, no, second generation woman superstar. But a uh, woman superstar of a great historical legend father. Yeah. And Charlotte Flair made a great point. She's like, when she starts, she can't go to her dad. When I started, I didn't go to Rick, I didn't go to my dad. I went to other people. I went to my coaches. I went to my trainers. She can't rely on her dad. She has to do her own things. And that's, like, that's great advice. Hopefully, she, she works out. That is fantastic advice because, you know what, no matter what type of potential uh, Simone has, you know, she's never going to be her dad. She's not going to be the Rock. Nope. You know, there's only one Rock. There's only one Ric Flair. And Charlotte seemed to understand that. And Charlotte has done a good job from, like, you know, yes, giving that little bit of a nostalgic feel. But she gives maybe, like, 10% Ric Flair and then the rest is herself. She has to pay homage yeah. to her dad. Oh, uh, yeah. That's better said. Pay homage. And does Simone do that? I think she has no choice but to maybe do that because everyone knows who her dad is. We'll find out. Everyone knew who Mike McGillicuddy's dad was. Look what happened to him. And I think that was wrong. I think that was absolutely wrong. Everyone did. If he, if he did something similar, like a slight homage to Mr. Perfect. He could be big things right now. Right. But that wasn't the case. I think they messed up with that. So first thing that came to mind was um, Charlotte Flair. Right. Second person was Shaw Guerrero. Because Eddie Guerrero was a big name. His daughter came into work. Here's the thing, though. Like, I was about to say about Mr. Perfect and, and now with Eddie Guerrero. As much as I love Mr. Perfect, as much as I love Eddie Guerrero, I, I admire the in-ring work. I hate to say it, but they were, they were not as big as 
phenomenon don't, as that's, Ric that's Flair a, in The Rock. It's a little bit different, though. It's a little bit different, but but yeah, she went nowhere in NXT. I don't know if she got hurt or just lost interest in the business or thought that she her talents were best suited elsewhere. Maybe. Who knows? Now she she's, knows. She's a ring announcer now. So um, I'm very curious to see how Simone's career plays out here. I wish her nothing but best. I mean, she's 18 years old. I mean, she can go anywhere she wants to go at this point. And we won't see her on TV for a while. Yeah. Because she's 18. And just imagine if you do Ray Ripley's, what, 23? 23. So, but she's been training a lot longer. Right. I'm very, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. So good luck to her. Someone else who might see her WrestleMania coming up, Sting, has been. Is this uh, true? Rumored to be medically cleared. And the report is he was supposed to appear at the upcoming Super Showdown. Both plans were nixed in favor of Goldberg. The rumor is Sting, Undertaker coming up at WrestleMania. But we're having Undertaker versus AJ Styles WrestleMania. Will this rumor never die? This is why I'm bringing it up. This, this rumor is never going to die unless the match happens, right? I guess so. I mean, Do people want to see this match still? Is it too, I think it's too late for this match to happen. We could just look back to recently for when Undertaker faced Goldberg at that was the never, show. That was never a dream match. For some people, it was, was actually. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. for me. It sounds like it wasn't for you either. I think we were both on the same page. We're both not really Bill, uh, Bill Goldberg fans. Well, I wasn't a WCW fan, but I'd never heard of dream matches. It was well, Sting. Because I mean, it was Goldberg. Phenom versus Phenom. Yeah. All that, two completely different characters. Right. But that match completely failed because it, it was way past the prime. So I, thought, I don't want to see this match. I don't want to see them take your sting. If you if you still do, let us know why. Six one nine three four three three zero zero five. The thing is, the problem is with. Or, Under, I mean, I know Undertaker's in great shape. Shot wrestling on our social media is all across the board. Sorry. Yeah, too early there. You cut me off way too many times tonight. Sorry about that. I'm just really excited. You could just add a sound effect. You don't have to actually do it. I lost all my sound effects when I lost everything on my laptop. Thanks for reminding me of that asshole. <laughs> anyway, what I was about to say is Undertaker is in phenomenal shape. Is he? For a guy his age. With two hip replacements and... Consider- yeah. All things considering, he's in better shape than me and you. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and 20 years older, right? Sting... He had a pretty serious injury, man. Yeah, neck like, injury. I, again. I, I don't necessarily know what shape he's in. Like, we're going to have two guys past their prime in the grandest stage of them all. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to see that. So, like you just said, it's going to be AJ Styles this year. Is that a smoke screen or going to be Sting maybe next year at LA? Give Sting I'd rather have AJ Styles versus Undertaker next year and just do, get the Sting thing out of the way now. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're going to hold off another year for this and have them get older and God knows what happens to them, come on, man. What are we talking about? We'll give here? Sting more time to get in ring shape, get the, make sure he's medically cleared because he's not boy wrestling. How old Sting? He's got to be past the mid fifties at this point. I don't know. I love Sting. I love Taker. I wish I could have seen this match ten you years love ago. Sting? Yes, I, I I actually really like Sting a lot. Anyway, I don't care. It seems like you don't really care. If you guys care, let us, again, let us know why. I think this is way. This is five years too late. Absolutely. In other news, WWE might sell their pay-per-view rights to major streaming outlets. Did you hear about this? Yes, I did hear about this. This is a head-scratcher. Dave Meltzer says, and I quote, the idea of selling pay-per-view rights to another streaming service, essentially what UFC did with ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Vince saw the deal, and he's like, they got $200 million guaranteed, and now they don't even have to sell a pay-per-view. They don't even sell a network. They just get the money guaranteed. 
interesting. Right. Do you think they'll actually sell their rights away? Like to who? Like the Million Dollar Man says, everyone's got a price. I guess so. For the right price, Vince McMahon will listen. He'll do it. What are you going to stream it? I think you would rather do this than sell the company to Disney or whoever wants it. I think this would be the way to go. Where do you sell it to? Amazon, uh, Peacock, HBO. HBO Max. Max. Which is bullshit. I'm paying for HBO. Now that you want to pay me for uh, HBO Max? what I started. Bullshit. I'm not fucking... No, no, no matter what Friends reunion you guys plan, I'm not paying HBO and HBO Max. But how Get else the fuck you, out of here. How is he going to watch SummerSlam? They probably better still stream on the network for $9.99, that bottom tier, whatever tier I'm in now. And well, if, I didn't if, even know the tier started because I didn't get a notification. If that's the case, then... If they do this, yeah, people are going to drop out of WWE Network. I know I would. Would you? I would. There's, there's a lot of great content on there that was like me and you don't have time to watch. But I don't have time to watch. I would want I, to watch. I, it. I mainly have it for the pay per view itself. I mean, nine ninety nine versus what? what what's a pay per view nowadays? Like sixty dollars and change. Well, WrestleMania is eighty something dollars. Yeah, yeah f- fuck that. I'm getting it for nine ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> or or for free when I go to the watch party. But um. That's a little plug right there. But seriously, I mean, like, a lot of people, I think, would opt out of the WWE Network. I'm sure some people would stay along for the content, but I think most people would leave. But if they're getting $200 million, Vince probably won't care. Right, no, he won't care because he's going to get his money. And we're going to go... We're going to spend that nine ninety nine for whichever streaming service is going to be on. That makes up a good chunk of his money he lost on the XFL for season one. Exactly. So there you go. Another thing that I think they're considering is having commercials on WWE Network. Mm, that's fine. They have commercials anywhere during pay-per-views. Why not? Right. Or uh, even different tiers for WWE Network. I, I think there's some stuff they're playing with. But, like, you know, a good enough offer from a streaming service like Amazon, Peacock, or, again, HBO Max. Sorry to say, putty. Uh, I think Vince McMahon would listen to. In other news... Jeff Cobb made his AEW Dynamite debut when he assisted the Inner Circle with their beatdown on John Moxley. Big deal. For those wondering, Cobb is not signed yet to AEW. He's still keyword yet. He is still a free agent for other promotions. So, matter of time. It maybe, like, maybe another audition. It sounds like he actually would rather be a free agent. That's where the money's at. Right. It sounds like the, the, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. I think Cody does want to sign him. I don't blame him. Get paid wherever you go. Yeah. My favorite time of the year, Mark, is the Hall of Fame. During their TV tapings this past weekend in Las Vegas, Impact announced Ken Shamrock will be their latest member of their Hall of Fame. They didn't have a Hall of Fame in 2019, which I was surprised at. But congratulations to Ken Shamrock, the first ever uh, TNA world champion. He'll be inducted in October during the weekend of Bound for Glory. Props to Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. Well deserved. And speaking of Hall of Fames... Is being reported that Jushin Thunder Liger and the Bella Twins are confirmed. Is it w- confirmed? Is it a fact? For the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020. I thought it was a rumor. Uh, that was the rumor going around, but those rumors I've read are saying that it's confirmed. Wow. Now, when I read this, I had opinions. Really? Okay. I know you would have opinions. I know everybody listening would have opinions. Mm. So what did I do? Went to our social medias. Yeah. Be a part of the conversation. Shout out to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram across the board. Dial up 619-343-3005 or inbox at showrising.com. Let's check Instagram, Mark. Our spotlight interview last week, Vicious Vicky said, eh. Yeah. Huh. 
my path to greatness said before taker before the rock before owen i think a lot of these people that are talking about in ring ability i've heard of critics but we don't we don't like owen's not in there yet but taker, we all know why owen's not in there yet taker's still going the rock is surprised the rock i'm surprised about too i i think they're still holding out whether he's going to come back yet or not i don't know good friend of the show when we first started mark tolman down in florida said and i quote bullshit jkp win two wins i think i'm going to be sick the wrestling royal underscore there are many out there that should be in there they're not yet especially before them but it is what it is congrats to those two why though here's my thing okay a lot of hate on instagram i have a lot of love for the bella twins and i think they deserve to be in there because of what they've done for this business inside and outside of the ring going to twitter mark schwan posted a gif of nikki cheering with her wine glass Go on, continue talking what your point was. So, no, I was saying, like, you know, they brought a lot of eyes to this business. Hell, they started the Women's Revolution. Give, give Divas a chance. They I started would, the hashtag. I wouldn't go that far. They did, though. They started that. Yeah, but it went nowhere until the Four Horsewomen came around. Why did the Four Horsewomen come around? Stephanie McMahon made that happen because of the whole hashtag okay. movement. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side here. I, I, I agree with... The Bellas also, they started... Total, uh, total divas. Cut me, off again. Total... Cut, me, cut me off again. I don't understand what you, what's your problem with me. Today? Well, I'm, I'm on a roll here. Yes, you are. So I apologize. <laughs> wait, I'm going to wait for the gulp. No, no gulp. Okay. Got it. Cat was almost slipped. <laughs> Fellas, you're on a roll. What happened? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to finish. Are you done? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got more comments to read. So they they, they, they started Total Divas. They started Total Bellas, which brought more eyes to the product. You know, they've been fantastic ambassadors for the WWE brand itself. Nikki Bella was one of the longest Divas champions. The longest reigning. She was the longest one, right? Yep. Thank you. Uh, they brought in great storylines. You know, they've done so much for this business, man. And the fact that the people are saying that they don't deserve to be in there, I don't get it. Yeah, maybe they weren't the best in the world in the ring. But they put on a damn good show. Andrea or Andrea Jackson said they deserve it. Med Rollins saying, I'm so happy. They fucking deserve it so, so much. And fuck the Smarks. They mad. Yeah, they are. So, Mark, we're getting a lot of hate on Instagram. Mm -hmm. A lot of love on Twitter. Let's turn to Facebook. Stuart Blumenstein said, what the hell for? Too soon. Good friend AJ Pan said, way too soon. I agree with him. It's way too soon. Because everyone knows my thing with the Hall of Fame. Rushing people into it. Bella could have been a big part of the class years down later. But whatever. Uh, Danny Cruz says, why? But hey, the Bushwhackers, Coco, and others are in, so why not? And Joe Carson said, I don't think they should go in ever. What did they ever do to deserve it? Maybe you have a nip slip or two? See, so the love on Twitter, hate on Instagram, mixed bag on Facebook. But you understand where I'm coming from, right? No, I agree with you. I, I, I think... People think uh, people put too much emphasis to what people do inside the ring. My problem is it's too soon. Maybe, maybe not. Deserving, yes. Too soon. They yes. are. Here's the thing with them. I, I understand when people say things are too soon for us because there's a chance they may come back. The Bella Twins are never coming back to the ring. Oh, I would never say never. They, well, Nikki literally can't. That's not true. You want to check out history right now? Wasn't it on uh, last season of Total... Bellas or Divas that she was cleared? They're talking about her coming back to no. get the tag team titles? No, 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 no. She's got a, a cyst in her brain. She can't come. They didn't, they didn't talk about it on the TV show. They, she's talking about it in interviews. Not, we're not caught up to the TV show yet then. Okay. 
Got to hear about the sister in the brain. She's got a sister in her brain. She can never come back to wrestling. She's retired permanently. Yeah, the same thing about Edge. She'll never say never. Medical science advances. I well, I don't see it happening. Bree, I think she's content. Being oh, she's out. very, she's very, she's content, very yeah. content not being in it anymore. But watch her girls grow up, and do the same thing Goldberg did. Let me come back to show the girls that their mommy is a superhero. I would love to see it, but you know, I, I think personally, I think they're done. I think they're done too. But, but like seeing them come back, I think there is a chance. I never say never. I think they'll still they they love the business so much. They love WWE so much. I think they'll continue. But then being also ambassadors like, for WWE. Yeah, like eight businesses juggling. I, much respect, man. I love I love everything they do. So uh, we're way over time, Mark. We're going to ramble on about the Bellas all night. Thank you for your comments. Please comment. The conversation never stops on our social medias. Shout out to No A. Get involved. We can read your comments on next week's show. All right, Mark, your drink's empty. Mine's empty. So let's refill our drinks and uh, listen to the interview Greenman has this week with Riley Shepard. Ah, yes. Love Riley Shepard. Love Riley Shepard, too. So, Greenman, take it away. Family, welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. Now, if you have not done so already, make sure you follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling No A on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on A Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now, if you're ready and willing, I'm able, and it's time to start the show. We say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together, and today is no different. Today, we are joined by the gladiator of the geeks, protector of the small, and the champion of the outcasts, Riley Shepard. Welcome to Shot of Wrestling. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> it is our pleasure to include you in our series of interviews right before we get to our big moment, our big 200th episode, because you have been part of our social circle, our wrestling circle, for a little bit over a year now. Yes, our our little family, BCW. (laughs) In our family of BCW, I had the privilege, but also the tough task to interview you in a moment where you were going to be in Queen of the North, one, Mm. the inaugural show, but then... Unfortunately, Darius Carter had other plans in mind and you weren't able to compete. So we did have a moment backstage where you'd let us know that, you know, doctors would not let you compete. And because of that, you went off and had knee surgery. Mm -hmm. Can you take us back to that moment and kind of let us know how it felt to be, you know, so young in the game, so much opportunity, so much promise. And then literally just a few years in having those opportunities taken away from you. I think the one word to describe it is devastating. I had actually injured my knee slightly the week before at NYCW wrestling for a championship match. And I I was able to complete the match and I actually won the women's championship belt. And I was coming into Queen of the North knowing that my knee wasn't 100%. And then when I got called into the ring by Darius Carter, because we had been going back and forth on social media about how Queen of the North is about the women. And he just couldn't get it through his thick skull uh, because, of course, in his eyes, BCW is all about him as the champ. Right. So we had been going back and forth on social media for a while. And I guess it finally got to a point where he 
couldn't stand the fact that I was standing up to him and telling him the truth. So he called me into the ring and he kicked out my knee after throwing a mic at my face, by the way, which was also very rude. And then I kind of had to be carried out by my fellow competitors or what would have been my fellow competitors. And when I was sitting back with the doctors, they just like, you can't, you can't compete, which for me, I'm the type of person who has gone through injuries. I fractured my knee and I, I completed the police academy when I, a few years ago, whenever I'm injured, I kind of grimace and, and just grit through things. So to have a doctor be like, you're, you're not cleared. So you can't compete. And it's, it was the event that I literally had been looking forward to for months to be able to share a ring and a stage with these phenomenal women on the independent scene and have a doctor be like, you can't, we're not clearing you. You, there's no choice. You're not allowed to. And of course, at the point, I I don't really know what's going on with my knee. I hadn't gotten an MRI. So I was like, I didn't want to believe them. And I didn't want to listen to them, but you have no choice. So when you came back, I was almost in tears with the fact that I couldn't compete. And then just a few weeks later, I found out that not only was it a small tear to my MCL, it was my ACL was completely ruptured and like curled in on itself. They showed me a picture on the MRI. Yeah, they showed me a picture on the MRI and it looked like a little snail. It's like oh how curled gosh. in. Yeah, it was so gross looking. Um, but it was ripped off the femur completely. And the doctor's like, you have two choices. You can either wear a brace and try and continue to go without an ACL. And it may give out on you and you may be out for like a month while it heals. And this may this will be a continual thing. Or you'll get surgery and you'll be out for nine months to a year. And at this point, I had only been wrestling for two years. I'm like, there's no way I can't be out for nine months to a year. That's half of the time I've been wrestling. Mm -hmm. And so I went with option A, stupidly. (laughs) I wore a brace and I tried to wrestle for a month in March. I I wrestled four different matches, including Future of Honor, Shine, against Nyla Rose and Warriors of Wrestling, and against Tasha Steeles was my last one at BCW. And Tasha knew I was a wounded animal. She attacked me like she was a lion going after a wounded animal. Completely tore apart whatever little strength I had in my knee. And I got carried out on a stretcher. So at that point, it's like, well, I have no choice. Mm -hmm. I need to do this surgery. I need to do the surgery not only for myself, but for the people who I compete with in the ring. God forbid I accidentally injure someone because my knee collapses and then I hurt someone else. That was like the biggest glaring. I was so anxious about it. Uh, So end of March, I got my ACL surgery and I was out for 10 months and devastating, (laughs) completely devastating. But then uh, you come back from that injury and then a new door at BCW opens for you. You were part of the commentary team. Uh, Mm -hmm. For many shows, how was it working with AJ Pan, Pete Rosado, and watching the action and being on a different side of the wrestling guardrail? And you left yourself out. I got to work with you a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a really good thing for me, especially at the time. I was a few months after surgery when I got to be on commentary for Brie Combination. And I was in a dark place. I was uh, not happy because I've always been very athletic. And 
to not be able to be athletic because I literally had one leg taken out from under me. I was not in a good place. And then Cole reach out and say, Hey, we have a space for you on commentary. And it's like, yeah, definitely. I, I had missed wrestling, but I don't think I knew exactly how much I had missed it until I stepped through the doors at, at BCW and was surrounded by the roster and watching the crew put up the ring because I couldn't help, obviously, because mm-hmm. many. Um, but just having everything come together and being in that atmosphere even before the show. And then once the show started and everything vamped up, it was something I really needed at the time. And I think being on commentary helped me through this process so much more than I could have realized. And on top of it, it gave me an opportunity that to learn a skill that I never thought I, I would be in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's helped me a lot to going forward. And hopefully it's something I can keep with me for wrestling and, and keep doing, maybe do guest appearance on commentary because I did enjoy it so much, even if AJ is a jerk. I mean, yeah, I mean, he really is. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys were able to work together this past year. Um, you talked about bullies earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And bullies is something you stand up for. And, and we, as wrestling fans, um, say, you know, storylines are really important. But I feel like this past year has kind of written itself out for you. Can you take us back on how the bully affected you maybe growing up and why you feel so strong nowadays to stand up for that bully and to be the voice for others when they don't have that voice? Yeah. Um, I have always been a huge geek. Um, and I've never been quiet about it. Uh, when I was growing up in elementary school, I was probably a little more oblivious to the fact that there were people making fun of me because I had these huge glasses that were like super thick because I'm I'm legally blind and can't see a thing. Really? Oh, yeah. So I've had glasses since I was five. And I think for a while you're so oblivious and naive to it because you're still innocent. But then you you enter middle school and all of a sudden you're acutely aware of people who are popular and people who are making fun of you. And so middle school for me was a really hard time, especially on the bus uh, going to and from school. Mm -hmm. And that's really when a lot of it happened. I always say, and it's such a weird thing, I hate school buses because you have a bunch of students and then just one adult, really, who's advising, who's like watching over everyone and you never, they can only do so much. Right. And so I got extremely bullied uh, when I was in middle school for years and I didn't tell anyone because I was afraid to tell anyone. I was afraid, I had told on one of the guys originally Um, I told my parents when they were bullying me and he got taken out of school and then his friends, a group of guys on the bus got so much worse. And so in my mind, I, I felt like I made it worse by actually telling an adult, right? Even though that, that wasn't on me, but to my mind in middle school, that's, that's one plus one equals four because that's what your brain does in middle school. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, I didn't stand up for myself, let alone anyone else, because they tormented me for a few years. I guess they got bored and they actually started bullying another girl who was a year younger than me, who was one of my friends. She luckily had the courage to tell her brother and he went to the principal. And that's when 
that finally stopped for me was mm-hmm. because someone else finally stood their ground and told someone and it it went further and even like the day they got called into the principal's office one of the boys had come up to me he's like please don't say anything and i felt almost threatened by if i said something to the principal that it would get worse for me right and i didn't i still didn't tell them all the stuff that they did to me for years so i think that part of my life I internalized that so much, the fact that not only could I not stand up for myself, but because I didn't have the courage to say something, it got worse for someone else. And I never, never wanted to be in that position again, ever. So come high school and, and then on, I whenever I saw anyone getting bullied, whenever I saw someone who felt like they they didn't have the courage to use their voice and they, and they felt like they needed to remain silent so that they could be safe, I used my voice. That's a very powerful message. It's very hard. It's very hard growing up. Where did you grow up, by the way? I grew up in Howell, New Jersey. Okay. I mean, even from New Jersey to New York, something when you were talking to me about the school bus, you know, it really took me back to my school bus days. And you were absolutely right. Like that is literally one of the toughest environments for Uh someone to be in. Um, Yeah. There is no adult supervision. Um, And, you know, those moments, though, may have worked out great for you because you were able to take that negative attention and that bullying and it made you stronger. In the end, there's many people out there who it doesn't get any better, you know, and and they crouch in into those insecurities, into those feelings of, you know, I can never stand up for the bullies. So uh, thank you, first of all, (laughs) for growing into being the person that you are and getting to the point where you are standing up for bullies. If you had any message for anybody who's listening, maybe those younger kids out there, teenagers, adolescents who either are a bully or are a victim of bullying, what would you advise them? I know it sounds super cliche, but it, it gets better. And it's something that in my darkest time when I was getting bullied, I just felt so alone. I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make it stop. But at the end of the day, it took having another person who reached out for help from from an adult supervisor. It took them to fix it. And you're not alone. You, you never, you don't need to isolate yourself. I know there are moments where you may feel that way, but you need to speak to someone, whether it's one of your fellow students, a peer, a bus driver, a parent, whatever it is, you are not alone and you need to talk to them and they will help you along this. And at the end of the day, all of these things, all of these things, it will eventually get better. You just need that supportive group to help you through it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, the big bully in BCW (laughs) came back for Queen of the North, too. Mr. Darius Carter, again, like you mentioned, he he knows, he feels, he, he has this entitlement about him that this company revolves around him and 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 the championship. You weren't scheduled to to be in competition. In fact, you were going to make your debut later on that week. But what made you uh, to make your comeback come back early and stand up to Darius Carter? So, yeah, I wasn't 
planning on having my first match that night at all. It was supposed to be the next day at work rate entertainment. And we had been going back and forth on social media because of course it's a year later and he didn't learn anything. It's even though it's queen of the North and it's supposed to be at the women about the women, he was whining about how his face wasn't on the poster. So of course, (laughs) of course we were going back on, on forth on social media, but during the entire year I had been out um, and on commentary he wouldn't leave me alone. Even it wasn't, it it wasn't enough that he completely annihilated my knee and took me out of the game for 10 months. He needed to gloat. He needed to add, literally add insult to injury. And he would pie face me. He shoved the belt in my face. He, he would not leave me alone. And he is the epitome of a bully because he does stuff like that. And it wasn't just me that I watched it happen to. I watched him break Jaden's arm. I watched him kick in Nia's face to the point where her jaw needed to be wired shut. Mm-hmm. I watched him low blow Montana black, like for a year, I watched him do these things and I literally could do nothing. I couldn't defend myself. I couldn't defend anyone else because I wasn't clear. So when he got on the mic and decided to start saying things again, I knew in that moment that even though I was a little nervous about my knee, and the fact that, hey, this is actually the heavyweight champion of BCW who does have a resume behind him and has been winning constantly. And I know all of the shady shenanigans he pulls. I know that he hurt me last time. I couldn't just sit there and do nothing. I was finally cleared, despite him not knowing that. Mm -hmm. I needed to be there and I needed to take his head off. It it was a crazy moment. I mean, you guys brawled all over the place. And just when I thought that was enough, you know, and you're coming back from an injury, you went and had a fight. Not not just a wrestling match. You guys fought it out tooth and nails in that match. How did it feel being back, but also being back in such an aggressive way? I feel like the 10 months that I was out and all of the stuff that happened uh, at BCW with Darius Carter just got so pent up and accumulated and it just kind of vomited out all in that that match. Like it was just everything that had been building up and building up and building up. And I had 10 months of wanting to literally kick someone's head off and that someone was him. And finally I could do it. So I'm still like, I'm still bruised. I'm still battered. I unfortunately lost, but at the end of the day, I went toe to toe with the Brie combination heavyweight champion. And I not only did well, I held my own. I stood up to my bully. I punished him in his face. I kicked his head off. I did so much more than that. And even though for him, it's all about the title and about how he has wants this respect for me, it was the fact that after a year, I stood up to the bully and I may be beaten and bruised, but this time I'm not gone. This time he didn't break me and I'm going to be back. So let's talk about that coming back. What is next for you? So I got all of that, my very first match out of the way and my second match all in the same weekend. I worked for Work Great. And so it's kind of at this point, I'm going to 
ride that momentum forward and I'm not stopping. So I have New York Championship Wrestling February 8th, where I'll be in a number one contendership for the women's title against Kristen DeVille. I have on February 15th, I will be going against Christina Marie at Immortal Championship, who I've actually been wanting to wrestle uh, since the time that I got hurt. We were in a fatal four-way in the actual match that I was injured at NYCW, and I've been wanting to face her one-on-one forever. So that's going to be a good one for sure. I have also coming up uh, American Coliseum Wrestling February 29th. I have Titan Championship Wrestling March 27th, which is an all-women's show in New Jersey, which I'm very excited for. Oh, and I can't forget, because this is one of my favorite places to work besides BCW, um, is Atomic Championship Wrestling and Rogue Women Warriors February 28th. I will actually be back there facing Lena Lennox for the Women's Championship. Wow. Yeah, so we're we're gonna ride. Hopefully, we'll collect some shinies along that way. But we're we're riding that momentum for sure. I mean, when you started your career just a few years in, with so much opportunity, it looks like you're picking up right where you left off. Women's wrestling is a big thing right now. So let's talk a little bit about that and the opportunities you've been given and where do you see women's wrestling going now? Because I feel at Queen of the North, this is something special. And for the people who have not partaken or seen a Queen of the North, BCW really brings out the best women performers, best women wrestlers in the scene right now and puts them together in a crazy, amazing show that really pushes the envelope on women's wrestling. So if anybody's listening and you haven't made it out to a Queen of the North show, make sure you make it out to Queen of the North 3 because I'm sure there will be another. Um, Yes. (laughs) But what do you think about um, the women's revolution and the evolution in today's wrestling scene? I think we have come leaps and bounds from even when I started watching wrestling, which I was a late bloomer, but we still had the Divas title in WWE and definitely coming into training where people kind of expected women to not be able to be held to the same standards as men. I feel like we've already come leaps and bounds, but we have so much more to go. So it's one of those things where I'm excited and kind of want to pat everyone on the back who's help to make it come this far but i don't want it to let up at all there's so much more to go there's so much room in this in this business that the women's wrestling needs to grow and also for me intergender wrestling both of them i just want to see grow more and more and more do you still feel like there's obstacles for you women to overcome like if i would speak to a women wrestler 10 years ago they would talk about you know women being valets escorting guys down to the ring knowing their place on the car not having too many opportunities but now there are full shows dedicated to women's wrestling full shows dedicated to intergender wrestling do you still see obstacles in front of you oh for sure i am so excited that there are more opportunities with all women's shows and intergender shows But at the end of the day, on the independent scene, and actually even in the bigger picture with AEW, Ring of Honor, and WWE, you see that women's matches, there's like maybe one. So especially like in the tri-state area from my personal bubble and what I see, all us women wrestlers, which there are a lot of us in the tri-state area, Mm -hmm. are literally vying for 
two spots on a show every single time because that's all we get. And for us, I, I wish there was more than just like, hey, here's the we'll throw you the one women's match and, and that's it. There's no more opportunities for you. You got to go find somewhere else to go. I wish we could be seen the same way as men. We put in the same work. We train with them. I have gone toe to toe for years with men and have not let up. I'm expected to perform the same way to the same standard. And then to be told by promoters that, hey, sorry, we're filled up because we have nine plus men's matches and one women's match. Sorry for me that that is in, that's truly frustrating. I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> but women's wrestling is big right now and there's so much great competitors out there. Yourself, mm-hmm. Tasha Steeles, Faye Jackson, and the list goes on and on. I'm just naming some talent from BCW, but the list goes on and on. Do you think because there are less opportunities for you, you guys are fine tuning your craft a lot harder to be that top female performer that top wrestler out there that gets booked that goes to all these places and and it creates this form of competition where iron sharpens iron because i gotta be honest even though there are more men in shows sometimes the men that are in the show they're not at the level of the women because they were just given an opportunity that they may have not earned yet i can understand that mentality to a point and maybe that's just because of my personality I fight tooth and nail for every single opportunity I have, whether it's a full women's show or whether it's just one match on that show. I train at least three days a week. I am constantly in the gym. I am constantly watching wrestling. I am constantly trying to better myself. And so saying that I only get one opportunity and that's what makes me a better wrestler, that's not necessarily true because at the end of the day, I'm I'm going to make myself the best I can possibly be Mm -hmm. because I'm not okay with being complacent or content. I put myself up against everyone and that's men, women, non-binary. I will face anyone because at the end of the day, I want to be better for myself. I don't want to be good, good for a woman wrestler. I just want to be a good wrestler, not good. I want to be fan freaking tastic. Yeah. So it's just kind of the whole mentality of like, well, I got stronger because I was bullied. Well, I I wish I wasn't bullied at the end of the day. (laughs) I wish I was just strong on my own merits, but that's kind of like the same mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the Queen of the North Monsters match pushed women's evolution to the next level, at least in BCW. Uh, Mm -hmm. Becky Lynch recently made a statement about saying that the women's title shouldn't be named the women's title. It should just be a championship that whether men or female, you should be able Mm -hmm. to fight for it. Is that a statement you agree in? Like, is that where the women's evolution and women's wrestling is heading towards? I hope so. I hate labels and division. And I think that's partly I was a sociology major. So that's, (laughs) that's me on a platter, like I call it boxes. And I feel like the labels kind of keep us in our boxes and stop us from growing and going forward as a society. And I feel like that's the same in wrestling, having this division and saying, oh, that's the men's championship. That's the women's women's championship. It still keeps division and it doesn't have a quality in it. 
and we're not going to be able to have these same opportunities while that division exists. And it goes back to the whole, uh, I don't want to just be an amazing women's wrestler. I want to be an amazing wrestler and I want to be known as an amazing wrestler. So stop. When I get into the ring, I'm not a woman. I'm a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Becky Lynch is saying. You got into the game, into competition late in your career. In fact, it wasn't your first career. Uh, we brought it up slightly that you were in the police academy, that mm-hmm. you know you went through injury, but you got through. Um, what made you join the police academy, first of all, but then what also got you away from it and wanted you to pursue this career in wrestling? I have been wanting to be a police officer since I was 15 years old. I was one of those people who like, I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it was a police officer. Um, I really loved the community police officers who worked in my school and worked with students. Um, I felt like it was probably because of the things that I had gone through. I felt like it was such a good branch, someone to branch out to and someone who could be there for students who were going through hard things. And so I actually went to vocational school for law enforcement and I did the whole nine yards, went to went to college and got my degree in criminal justice and sociology. And I was actually a 911 dispatcher for about seven years Mm -hmm. before I got hired to become a police officer in New Brunswick. And so I went through the police academy and did all of that. And I became a police officer when I was 25. I finally graduated. So 10 years later, I achieved my dream of being a police officer. And then I think the biggest part for me was I always loved helping people. I wanted to serve people. I wanted to make them feel safe. And I felt like policing, when I went into it, it was more about enforcement, which I, I obviously it's called law enforcement. There's going to be enforcement. But I really felt most comfortable helping victims who had gone through domestic violence or sexual assault or acute psychiatric, I just, I wanted to help people. And I felt like policing wasn't doing that. I felt myself doing car stops more, arresting people for marijuana, just things that I I didn't enjoy. And it's a hard job. My peers who are still in it, I say kudos to them. That's something that I am forever happy and proud of them for doing. But I found myself just kind of becoming complacent in the job because I wasn't happy because I didn't feel like I was helping people to the degree that I wanted to. So at at that point I had actually found wrestling and I started falling in love with wrestling in NXT and the four horsewomen. And at the time when I was unhappy with my job in policing, wrestling gave me a light of like, oh, well, maybe this isn't the job that I thought I wanted for the last 10 years. Maybe I can help someone and help the community in a different way. And wrestling became that for me. We say it on the show time and time again that wrestling brings us together. Now you're part of this family now. Uh, Who are you grateful for that wrestling has brought into your life? Oh, so many amazing people. I think from the very beginning, Gabby Ortiz has always been someone who's been by my side. I trained with her at the Monster Factory, um, and she is my sister from another master. I actually love her dad. Her dad <laughs> makes amazing food, and he's a complete sweetheart. But she is definitely someone I am eternally grateful for having in my life. Um, one of my coaches from the the beginning, uh, NXT Damien Priest, I actually got to work with him for about two years. That's where I learned 
a lot of my basics at the Monster Factory was from him. And he was someone who believed in me from the get-go. And it wasn't just like handed to me. It was I had to prove myself. And then he was like, oh, yeah, okay, she's going to work her butt off. And so let's see what we can do with her. And he just invested so much time when he knew that I would put the time and energy and he was matching it. And he helped to elevate me and start me on my journey. So those are definitely two people that I am internally grateful for having and that wrestling gave me. How does your family feel about this new community that you're joining? You know, leaving law enforcement, pretty much having a set career with benefits and a future, uh, you know, and wrestling, it's like really whatever you make of it. You know, the certain, the future is unclear, but it's just an opportunity that you're given. How does your family feel about you being in the business now? Well, now it might be different. I think they were very, con- <laughs> they were very confused at first when I kind of flipped the switch and went, okay, well, I'm going to policing, which is something they're familiar with, to wrestling, which is literally, I didn't grow up with wrestling. That wasn't in my household. My great-grandfather watched it a little bit, but it wasn't something that my family could identify or, or understand right away. So my, I know my mom was extremely nervous, for sure. Uh, not only just like the stability of policing and the job benefits, and but also the fact that I literally had been trying to be a police officer for 10 years. And then here I am like, eh, never mind. Right. So she was a little, a little uh, nervous probably. <laughs> but yeah, she also was nervous about me being getting hurt. And this was before my ACL injury. This mm-hmm. was from the beginning. I obviously with wrestling, you get bumps, you get bruises. Um, I tore my shoulder within like a year of training. So wow. my mom, yeah, my mom was just kind of nervous about that part of it. But I explained to her, I said, well, I could either be on the street with a gun in a bulletproof vest and not knowing what I'm going to come up against. Or I could be in wrestling where at the end of the day, we are a family. We we do care about each other. We do try and actually take care of each other. And when I put it in that perspective, I think she finally was like, all right, I'm okay with that then. But yeah, they, I mean, they've been pretty on board. I don't know if you heard at BCW, um, my little sister was actually there and really? she was probably the loudest screamer. In the, <laughs> like I could, I literally was getting beat up by Darius at one point and I could pinpoint her voice screaming at him to get away Aww. from me. <laughs> that's so, tough. Like, Especially so, during, during that encounter, that's tough for a family member to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It may have been tough for her, but at the end of the day, she she knows me and she's she's like a rugby player. So she her and I are kind of cut from the same cloth of like you have me down and it may seem like I out, I'm out, but I'm going to come up and probably pummel you in like two seconds. <laughs> like we just don't give up. So she was just kind of waiting for me to turn it around to Darius. And even now, my my little brother, who is also there, he hashtags F-U-C-K Darius <laughs> on everything. Like, they're so mad. They're like, she should have won. She was going to kick you. Like, she, yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But they're totally supportive of it. And they were there. And I'm so glad they were there for my first match back, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that you are also the gladiator of the geeks. I feel like the geeks are taking over wrestling. You know, it's oh, a yeah. it's a cool thing to be a geek. So I have to ask you, other than wrestling, what do you geek out to? 
Um, I am a complete science fiction or sci-fi geek, and I am a book nerd. I have always loved books since I can ever remember. I would get grounded all the time, and so the only thing I got to have in my room were books. So I grew up with books as my friends. Uh, so those are definitely two things that I am a complete and utter geek about. Is there a series of books that you were really into that hold a dear place for you in your heart? Mm, growing up, for sure, Goosebumps. I love Goosebumps. Uh, yes. <laughs> Especially, you know, like, you know, the pick your own adventure one. <laughs> Did you ever read those? So I, I got to be honest, I'm not I never was a big reader and I'm still not to this day. But when, when I was growing up and you had like things to read or they gave you like a list, you got to put books to read for the summer. Goosebumps were my like go to. Uh, they were just right. like really cool. So pick your own uh, adventure. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, I I died a lot. <laughs> I was really bad at it, like so bad at it. But um, I, I really probably attribute to my sci-fi nerdum and the fact that I love RPGs or role-playing games for video games totally had to have come from Goosebumps because – you it's know, like you gateway got... drug, goosebumps. Yeah, because it wasn't just reading. Like you, you actually were making choices. Oh, I was making bad choices apparently, <laughs> and dying a lot back then. Um, I've gotten better with RPGs, at least where I don't die nearly as much. But yeah, it was definitely that was my favorite. That and and Harry Potter, um, which I was so much of a geek about that I would not only be reading on my bed, but I actually had the audiobooks playing while oh, wow. I was reading because mm -hmm. that's that's just how far and deep i go into this what system. do you think of the movies did they do justice love, to the books i think i just kind of kept them separate they're separate entities to me okay i enjoyed them both for what they were i'm completely aware that books for me at least are an escape mm -hmm. back then when i was younger that's kind of what i used them for i i got away from my world and and went into the world of the book whereas i feel like movies can only do so much justice to that because that escapism is kind of done through your brain and what right. you are fantasizing in your mind. Mm -hmm. Like the word, the words are on the book, but you're, you're picturing it in your brain and the way you picture it in your brain, isn't necessarily going to come out on movies. Mm -hmm. That's someone else's vision. So I enjoyed the movies for themselves. Uh, I grew up with the movies. So I felt like I was growing up with Harry Potter, both with the books and the movies. And for that, I am, I love it. I love them both. Well, this business is filled with so many sur surprises. Who would have thought two years into this career, you would have gotten injured. Ten months later, you'll be coming back and your first match back, get an opportunity at the BCW Championship. You, like I said earlier, you picked up right where you left off and you like are going 110 miles an hour and I love it. Is there anything that you want any of our fans listening, any of your fans listening, that you want them to know about the gladiator of the geeks? Um, just where they can maybe find me on social media and follow my it. journey and my adventures because there's going to be a lot of them going forward. <laughs> I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Riley Shepherd, And I also have a website, RileyShepherd.com, where I post all of my photos and my matches and my upcoming events. Um, that's all of my social media. And then at the end of the day, the only thing I kind of want to leave a message for people is that as the gladiator of the geeks, I stand for everyone who feels like they are a geek or an outcast or feel like they can't say anything. And 
I am always there and available if you want to message me or DM me or anything, any platform. If you feel like you need someone to speak to, you feel a little lost, you feel a little alone, I'm here. And also come say hi to me on intermission if you come by any of my shows. Riley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm looking forward to seeing you a lot more in the upcoming years. But stay uh, thank tuned. Thank you so much. Because there's still last call. This is Riley Shepard, the gladiator of the geeks. Stay tuned so you can hear Last Call. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, once again, thank you, Riley Shepard, for your time. Great interview. We're going to miss you on commentary at BCW. But, but it's fantastic to see her back in the ring. Yeah, man. absolutely. Yeah, she looked great against Darius Carter. Fortunately, Darius Carter retained, but that's a whole other story. But while the interview was playing, you made a point about, uh, again, the Bellas. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was saying it to you before, actually. People talk about the Bella Twins, their in-ring ability. How is it any different than what Stone Cold Steve Austin did in the ring? Hmm. Now, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he only did so many moves. The Bella Twins, they, they did probably a little bit more in the ring. As far as a move-wise, as far as moveset is concerned. They definitely evolved. They definitely evolved. Stone Cold is all about character more than anything. And he did a fantastic job at that. And the Bell Twins are the same thing. That's a problem. Stone Cold, what, four moves? Four or five, maybe, tops. But they give John Cena shit for that? Right. I never, I never understood that. I never understood that either. And I'm not shitting on Stone Cold. No, I love not. Stone Cold. Yeah, we're not. I, I'm just saying that these are the same people that love Stone Cold, but they, they want to shit on the Bellas for the, for the same thing. Mm, I don't know. It makes no sense. Yeah, but make a good point. But and, and the fact that you know Nikki Bella, she fucking legit injured her neck, her career in the line for doing the same move over and over again, time and time again. The what was the move called? Rack attack. The rack attack. Thank you. Major pressure on her neck. Did Stone Cold do anything similar like that? He broke his neck. But... He broke his neck, but he, I never seen him do a move like that. his biggest move was a Stone Cold stunner. It's all about Hulk Hogan then with his leg drop. Hulk Hogan, another one. Compress the spine, compress the hips. Five moves, tops. I would say the Bellas have more of a moveset than those superstars that we just mentioned. Combined. Yeah. So, riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? <laughs> anyway, moving on, Mark. We talk about, like I said last time, last segment, all day about the Bellas. But TV happened this week. Did you watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Impact? NWA Power. <laughs> I want to watch NWA Power. So do I. I mean, I, I heard I'm, great things. About I'm aware it. of some things that are happening over there, and it makes me want to watch. I just haven't had a chance to get around to it, unfortunately. You never have. I mean, it's always there. I just yeah keep forgetting about it. You got Molina there. You got Eli Drake there. Wade Barrett on commentary. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Thunder Rosa, former guest on the Shot of Wrestling. So good things happen on NWA Power. I don't think that's how they pronounce it. It's like five R's. I know. So that's how they pronounce it. But no, I, I did watch a, quite a bit of TV, actually. You have a busy schedule. What you watch this week, Mark? So I watched Monday Night Raw. My biggest takeaway of tonight, I'm going to say this. Don't at me. Randy Orton is the best heel in modern day professional wrestling. He is just phenomenal. Who would at you with that? It's hard to argue. I mean, people do not like Randy Orton. Well, they're not, they're not supposed to like Randy Orton. 
No, but like right. I'm saying, people don't like the the things that he does. I they, no they, 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 they find him boring. Yada no. yada. I, this stuff I've heard no, from he's people fantastic. saying. But Randy Orton, especially when um when he's heel, when he's heel at this level, and he seems like he's really into the storyline. Going back to TV, WWE backstage. That's Booker T's guy, right? Booker T's high on Randy Orton, and because uh, Randy Orton really turned face during the whole Ricochet type thing. Yeah, like three, kind three, of. Like three weeks. Right? Is it kind of like a tweener? Tweener for three weeks, and then now, yeah. boom! Here it is, perfect. Oh my god, man! He's back and better than ever as a heel. He's loving it, and it's great. He's enjoying what he's doing. You can tell, and he's phenomenal at it. Oh, no one could touch him when, when when he's in this zone. Nobody can touch him. He might go down as one of the best heels of all time. They're waiting for Edge to come back. He's just, he's just destroying everyone yeah. in the path. I mean, he, what he's doing with Matt Hardy. They could eventually maybe bring Jeff Hardy back for something. They could do something with Lita, maybe. They can do something Imagine. with, uh, God, Christian, maybe. I've always said Randy Orton. I love Randy Orton as a heel. Face is a little boring. But as a heel, he's sicker than none. He's fantastic. You know we're going to see it with him and Beth Phoenix. It's going to happen. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, that's the next logical step. Hey, that's what brings Edge back. Yeah, I hope so. My thing on Raw was my girl. Shayna Baszler made her Raw debut. Great to see. Love me some Shayna Baszler. After an epic match between Becky oh, and Oscar. Uh, Great attack from the back, and she bit her, bit, her, bit her on her neck? Bit her in the back of the neck like a what? vampire. Like, I, hope it's not, I hope this is like a one-off thing and not part of some new gimmick she's been given. No, I, I, I think it's a new gimmick. She's like new Gangrel. I think it's a one-off thing. Better, better be one-off. Please don't ruin Shayna Baszler like this. I, I don't see it being anything more than a one-off thing. If it, I'd be surprised if it was like a, her new gimmick. She deserves better than that. I mean, that was really cool, though. It was cool. I heard some people complaining it looked sloppy. Yeah, the bitch bit a blood capsule on her mouth. What do you want it to look yeah, like? Yeah, how, how is that going to be clean? Did you want to actually bite her or her neck? Uh, that's why I hate fucking smarks. Oh my god! Everyone loves something to complain about. These fucking trolls. Oh, they do. You you're never going to see anything where everyone's 100 percent happy. Nope. Like even the Kofi Mania when everyone's still supposed to be happy, <laughs> there's still people like, oh, Kofi's too small to be a champion. Yep, that's We're going to buy that. You need to. You need bigger guys. I recommend Kofi. You take steroids. Superstar Billy Graham led that fucking moment. <laughs> shout out to Billy Graham. No, you don't. That, you don't shout out. That's why we stop reporting what he says because it's so fucking like old racist guy on his porch. Get off my lawn! <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, you can't. You can't please everyone. That, that's proof right there. Congratulations to uh, another beautiful woman, Jordan Grace, capturing the Impact Knockout Champion. She was just on BCW. Yes. Uh, I missed it. Yeah, we both did, buddy, didn't we? Congratulations to her. Speaking of new women's championship, Mark, did you watch AEW this week? We have a new women's champion. King of the Mountain, as Jim Ross called her. <laughs> did you hear him getting shit for that? Yeah, he got a lot that's, of shit for that's that. That's the phrase, King of the Mountain. And yeah. I understand it's a women's match well, called her Queen of the Mountain, I guess, but it's like... JR, he... he... He said, like, hey, it was human error, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, human error. King of the mountain. That's what everyone thinks. I probably would have done that if I was on the commentary. But the thing is, like, well, Nyla Rose, is she's trans. So I think that's why people yeah. took offense to that. I don't think JR meant anything by it. I no, think it was no just, of course he didn't. People just love to like, like, we just talk about slip up, complain about something. But, you know, people are, are very upset going about the whole trans subject about Nyla Rose being the woman's champion. 
for AEW. Some people don't want to watch AEW anymore. And, you know and, where AEW didn't exist? The 1950s. Go back to then. <laughs> and some people are even mad that AEW hasn't even taken a stance defending Nyla Rose. Oh, God. So no matter what, there's a lot of anger going on around this subject, no matter which way you slice it. If you are listening to my voice via speakers, via AirPods, earphones, I love you. If you're not, I hate people. <laughs> I fucking hate people so much. People just love to complain about something. It, it's just unreal. I mean, we were talking about controversial figures before. I mean, Nyla Rose might go down as the most controversial figure in professional Why? wrestling Why? at this point. Why? And I think that's great. Can I read some comments? Leave her, leave her a fuck. I understand that she's... Uh, I, was, I think we're wasting time talking about this. We're talking to a wall here. No, people, I mean, people, it, agree, people agree with us. We'll agree with us. You're, people you're, disagree with us. They're not going to listen to what we're going to say here. You're right. You're, uh, it's sad. It's, it, you're sad. It's, the whole thing is sad. That this is what's coming down to is the fact that you're right. My only critique about this... Is that women's championship is way too small? <laughs> yes, <it's> disgusting. <laughs> That's my only critique. Way too small. That's way too, way pe- too small. Way too petite. <laughs> I totally agree with you that. But on that note, we can move on. SmackDown just happened mere hours ago. Anything you want to talk about SmackDown? Oh right, this is TV takedown. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Not women's rights generally. <laughs> um, Lots of stuff happened on SmackDown this week. I was very surprised. Well, you know what? Here's my thing. Okay. Why Why are we still getting Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin? W- will this rivalry please come to an end? I'll talk about that last show. I'll throw it end at Royal Rumble. It's going to end at it's, Saudi Arabia. It's, it's, it's going to end when we're 50. Yeah. that That's when it's going to end. Like, this is just... I'm bored. We missed last week's show with uh, Goldberg's announcement and the interaction with Bray Wyatt's Firefly and Funhouse. It was picked up right this week with Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan getting interrupted by the Firefly. I thought that was cool. I thought it was well done. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of losing interest in the uh, Fiend character here, but uh, the Firefly Funhouse is still delivering in all cylinders, and it was well done. I feel like you never really liked the Fiend character to begin with. I liked it, but then I just didn't know when it debuted at SummerSlam. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I didn't get hard about it, and then it went nowhere fast for me. I still like the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse character. and So how do you feel about if Goldberg does defeat the Fiend at uh, Super Showdown? Oh, we're making stuff up? Well, this is apparently what's what's in play right here. Goldberg, no way. No, no. There's, talk, there's talks that what? Vince McMahon what? would like to see Goldberg versus Roman what? Reigns at WrestleMania. What? He thinks that's going to be the bigger what? draw. I can't get any higher than that. I don't, I don't agree with that. I do I I, not I agree with that. That shits on everything they did for the Fiend. The Fiend can't lose a championship anytime soon. No, I, I don't even think Roman Reigns should First of all, that's all win. he has, and that's it. I mean, no. The Fiend has to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think this goes back to what I said before when The Fiend was first getting this title opportunity to begin with, Seth Rollins. I, he's got to retain that championship for quite a long time. It was too much too soon. If, if there really is the, the intention for him to lose at WrestleMania, whether to they Goldberg, can't, can't John Cena, or, or Roman Reigns. I did hear about something about John Cena and him, yeah. Yeah, they, they, that, no. that could be the case, too. First of all, he cannot lose to a part-timer. No. If he's going to lose, it has to be to Roman Reigns. But then Even I think, still. Even still, I think the crowd's going to turn to them. Bray Wyatt has to hold the title for a while because, one, you guys fucked yourselves. To a corner. By giving this guy this character, his creative freedom to develop this character, which 
everybody loves. So you can't strip him of the title and do what? He goes back to it like you did with fucking Bray Wyatt. Everyone loved Bray Wyatt. He won the championship and he lost it a month later. And I, he never recovered from that. You, you got to be careful, though, because Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, I don't know if he recovered. The way they protect the Undertaker when he first be- was the Undertaker is the same way what they have to do with the Fiend right now. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yes, he will lose. Like, the Undertaker eventually did lose, but they were able to do more stuff with that afterwards. It, it wasn't as bad, but mm-hmm. it was a long time. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, they they got to figure something out. If they take the strap off him, they got to do so creatively. In a way, in a way that doesn't hurt the fiend, whether it's like oh, and that's the corner they build something to. Yeah, it, it's got to be like a multi-man match. Well, he doesn't lose. It's smart, right? That that's that's how you do it. And if he does lose, who do he lose to? I, I don't see him losing the Roman Reigns. It's got to be Roman. It has to be. Yeah, I agree with you. It has to be, but I don't see it being Roman. At least not at WrestleMania. EC three. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, don't get me started on EC three. <laughs> um. No, I, I I actually don't know. Why give up on EC3? EC3 is... <laughs> what did I start? Fantastic. What did I start? First of all, when I said he got signed, it's funny how WWE signed Dixie Carter's nephew. And now you give him this cool theme song, cool gimmick, and you drop the ball with him. He had cool vignettes, too, coming in. Send him back to NXT, then. Fuck you, Vince McMahon. Give him the ball, Triple H. <laughs> Fuck you, Vince McMahon. Yeah. EC3 is the most sincere thing I ever heard you say. EC3 is a phenomenal talent. And uh, all honestly, right now, I am not drunk. This is not a drunken rambling rant like you're used to on a shot of wrestling. EC3 is awesome. And the fact that they gave up on him for no fucking reason. (sighs) We off topic. We need to get back to the show here. I hope EC3 does go to AW (laughs) and fucking proves everybody wrong. Wow. Love you, EC3. <laughs> Breakout Top star one. 2019. Top 1%. Yeah, he was supposed to be, but you guys fucked me. Why? What, what's wrong with EC3? He has the look. He has the talent. He has the charisma. Is he young, too? He's very young. Dixie Carter's deaf you. What I don't understand what the problem with EC3 was. and I do not understand what the problem with EC3 is. He is great. Checks every box you guys want. I know they're listening. I know somebody's listening. Hashtag give Divas a chance. Hashtag give EC3 a chance. Let's get that trending, please. Please. We're still recording. We have a show to do. Poor buddy. I need a fucking drink. Are you done with TV? I'm, I'm done with TV. I'm done with, sh- I'm done with the show. <laughs> <laughs> I need some, some karaoke. Let the shit out. We got one more segment left coming up, Mark. Yeah, we do. It's a good one. Our three count. It's time for the three count. Ready for a three count mark? Yes. It is Valentine's Day. I am Valentine's Day less. Apparently, so are you, Mark. Don't work, feel bad, buddy. It happens to the best my of us. It's up, back home. Ups and downs. My couch is here for you, buddy. Don't worry I, about I'm, it. I'm happily married. Happily? Why are you here on Valentine's Day? Well, because I have an obligation. We have a three count to do. And that we were wondering what three count best embodies this day. You picked crushes. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. So, Valentine's Day weekend. Immediately, I got 20 people in my mind. <laughs> Because I'm a huge perv, as you mentioned many times on this show. But there is a difference between crush and infatuation. Or oh, lust. Lust, as you or said. Or lustfulness. Right. So, so I didn't quite understand the difference, actually. There's a huge difference. If I'm, I have a crush on you, if I'm infatuated with you, I got butterflies. I want to get to know you. I want to talk to you. I want to spend time with you. 
lusting after you. I'm just one uh, do your brains out. Okay. All right. It's all so about sex. You actually helped me sell my, my three then because I did have a hard time with this. It's all about sex with certain people. And crush to me is more feelings and sentiment. Mm. So my top three really are in no order. Oh, okay. I love all these three women equally. And all three of them will be lucky to be called Mrs. Buck. You have like a, like a spark in your eye here. Yeah, I do. Because it's the, tis the season. Mark. This might be your favorite top three, it looks like. Well, when you're a lonely son of a bitch like me, it's easy to do this. <laughs> so, Mark, number three, crush of all time. All right. Well, I feel like I have to bring this up as an honorable mention. Do honorable mentions later. Okay, fine. All right, so my three, my third one. I, I love her story. I think she's phenomenally talented. And, yes, she's a very good-looking girl. I'm going with the goddess, Alexa Bliss. Really? Yes. That's a good choice. Yeah. I Something about her, man. I, I I always have a smile on when she comes on the TV. I, she crushes on the mic. Like I said, phenomenally talented. New song about her as well. Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup. I, I, the, the lyrics are spot on about spot her. Spot on. And great music video. Oh, yeah. Check it out on YouTube. Alexa Bliss, Bowling for Soup. So that's my third one. My third is a woman I fell in love with right away. Very attracted to instantly. And I met her in person. Oh, okay. Told her I did. And she was just awesome. Rebel. Oh, okay. First of all, Rebel and Impact. I was like, whoa. A couple weeks later, I saw her in NXT. Got the chance to meet her in uh, WrestleCon last year. And uh, yeah, she makes my heart a flutter. Putty, that's putty's tight. <laughs> number two. Number two. All right. Well, number two, I think she is a knockout. Total package. Complete. Like I, I, I don't see anything wrong with this girl. And it's, it's hard to believe she's my number two and not my number one. But my number one, I have a reason for why. Uh, I'm going with Charlotte Flair. I thought that would be your number one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, Charlotte okay. Flair, I think, is just, oh. Who's your number one then? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought I knew who your number one would be. You thought it was Charlotte? No. I thought it was going to be your honorable mention. I'll okay. I'll get to in a couple minutes. Okay. So I'm curious who your number one is. All right. Name one thing wrong with Charlotte Flair. No hips, no ass. Whoa! Like the hourglass figure, as in my number two, Eve Torres. Okay. Oh man, smoking. Now we just go based smoking. off looks because I, I I think Charlotte is more than just looks. I think she's just I, I talent for me is is attractive as well. Okay, whatever, perv. Eve Torres is a gorgeous woman, banging body, great personality. If you watch her on TV shows, interviews, she the personality matches her looks, and uh, that's what sold me. I feel like she hasn't aged at all she still looks exactly the same it's fucking benjamin buttons like like uh rachel green from friends getting hotter she gets older right anyway so now here at number one mark number one are you ready for this yes my number one is stephanie McMahon. really yeah i see that coming okay <laughs> uh dude this has always been the case from like back when i was watching from the attitude era and, and everything that makes sense i mean totally makes sense i, I didn't mean, even think I, about that part she, okay. at first like you know something about the but the girl next door she had like a girl next door vibe when Absolutely. i first saw her that's where her character was yeah and like, like I, I had a big crush on katie holmes from uh, dawson's creek right and she kind of reminded me of that and then like that you know sense. as years evolved you know and, and even today i mean oh. she's just a powerhouse that yeah. she is I, I love strong women and she like strong woman through and through from her smarts from her her um her character her 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 um charisma and just her essence and um actually physical strength that she has it's mm -hmm. just uh love stephanie mcmahon you like strong and dominant women i love stephanie <laughs> uh, okay. that's fair enough do marry kill 
Whoa. I should have known this was happening. Alexa Bliss? Charlotte Flair, Seven Women. I can't do this. Yeah, dudes. I can't. I can't. Well, you, you, all right. Well, let's hear your number one first. No, I ask, you a question, I ask you a question first, Mark. This is my show. Do Mary Kill. Oh, fuck you. Okay, if you want it. Okay, you're doing me. So who are you going to kill? Who are you going to marry? No, I'm not insane. Did you say fuck me? That was your no, no, okay. no, you didn't. I apologize. Oh, you're really doing this to me right now. I would, Do you listen to the show? I would. Did you listen to the show before you got on the show? Right. This is. Should know better. <laughs> yeah. This is tough, man. This is really tough. All right. Okay. Fine. I'm going to do this. Okay. The easy choice for me to marry is Stephanie McMahon. Why? Because our money? You dick. No, not even just that. I, just, I mean, part of it, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, that just makes the most sense. Stephanie McMahon. Um, do. Fuck. Charlotte Flair. I guess I have to kill Alexa Bliss. I don't want to kill Alexa uh, Bliss. You have to. You have to kill somebody. I don't. Oh. Why Charlotte over Becky? Um, Alexa, the height. The I, power, I have a flair connection. I have a thing for tall girls. So do I. I They're I, hard to find. I really right? do. If you're a tall girl over six foot, dial up six one nine three four three three zero zero five or slide up to my DMs. They're always open at Podcast. I really hope my wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Not this episode. <laughs> my number one is, I thought would be your number one, Mrs. Schwann. You're such an asshole. You are a beautiful woman. I do not know She's why not you, involved in wrestling. I do not know why your husband didn't pick you. You, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with your husband. He should pick you number one overall. My wife is not involved in wrestling. I, we're are talking you about, involved in wrestling? We, we, yes. So is she involved uh, in wrestling? Mrs. Schwann. It feels weird that you talk to my wife as Mrs. Schwann. I immediately thought of my mom. <laughs> Well, your mom wasn't my runner-up. I fucking hate you. My number one, um, of course, someone I've infatuated since first laid eyes on her. Met her in person. No surprise here. Pete Rosado was here. He, he'd call it Charlie Caruso. Ah, uh, yeah. Something about her. I cannot uh, shake it. Charlie, Charlie Caruso. Uh, and she is shorter than I like. But, yeah, absolutely. Charlie Caruso. Oof. Number one. Oof. Okay. I kind of... I... I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Sunny initially. Sunny was one of my honorable mentions. She was my top four, mm-hmm. along with Sable, Trish Stratus, Lita, Tori, Tori Wilson. <laughs> you have a lot of Ken top show. <laughs> And that's why I differentiate between <laughs> butterflies and crushes like I did with uh, the Pink Ranger, Kimberly, and Britney Spears, and Lust, mm. like Pamela Anderson and uh, your mother. You know, Sonny, I just, growing up in the right time, the right age, the magazines, those pictures, hormones, lust after her. And when my right hand raised on her breast, you know, I haven't washed my hand since. Oh, my God. Perf. <laughs> well, so, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. I mean, like, okay, so that was. Yeah, yeah you get what I'm saying. He lust. Yeah, I, yeah. After you explain that actually helped me narrow down my top three because I had a hard time between. Alexa Bliss, Terry Reynolds. Terry Reynolds was one of my first. See, Terry Reynolds, I thought was going to be your top three, if not one. Right. Yeah. She was my. She was like my first. I think wrestling crush. I didn't go home thoughts. Go, go home, home thoughts. thoughts. I have a couple actually. So you know, uh, AEW Revolution's coming up February 29th. Big deal. It's also going to be our AEW watch party. Buffalo Wild Wings of Forest Hills. Uh, a little bit of changes came up. Uh, originally, we we're supposed to have Tommy Dreamer. Hosting the show, uh, hosting the event. Uh, unfortunately, uh, scheduling conflict came up. 
But no need to fret. Tommy Dreamer, he, we did agree on something else here going forward. So more more uh, to come about that. But yeah, anyway, come celebrate. Do we celebra- have a name? Uh, well. So we have a name, but we can't announce it yet. We don't necessarily have a name yet for the show. We have Tommy Dreamer possibly coming for another uh, future. Actually, no. More, definitely actually coming for a future show. Regardless, we're going to have a lot of fun. If you came to our watch party the last time at the Royal Rumble, it was a blast. And uh, we expect it to be the same for AEW Revolution. Same place. You know the time. Uh, so come join us. And I have a goal thought for you, putty. I have sometimes I have some questions to throw you. I love them. Some people like ask me some different things. I can debate with people. Someone asked me how they would feel if AEW, if AEW should buy out ROH. Okay, what's the question here? Should should they do it? I don't care. You don't care about either one. I I don't think AEW should because actually. I don't know much about ROH. Um, I think if they want to build some sort of tape library. If they want to build them some sort of depth of a roster, maybe build another show, it would be great. I think their roster is stacked right now. I don't think they need the tape library. I think they're up and coming. They're still not solidified as a main event player just yet. Um, I don't think they need it. I don't think AEW needs it. If anything, for the tape library, I think that would be the only thing they would they should buy. Yeah, they do. I think WWE can outbid them for that. If WWE wants it, right. Are, is the Ring of Honor for sale? Is this just hypothetical? Or? I think it's hypothetical right okay. now. It's because people are talking about like, are, uh, there's a lot of like similar type of companies out there open. I think ROH isn't doing the best financially. Um, someone could fact check me on that. But you know, say like AEW, they don't need ROH. It'd be a waste of money. I think it's just the fans, just like you know, a pipe dream. You know, just to see more talent on AEW. But I don't think ROH. I don't think their roster completely deserves to be on uh, AEW. I think a few talents should, you know, uh, they would benefit from being AEW, and AEW would benefit from having them. So what? So what if ROH fails? But Yeah, that's a random question out of nowhere. It was brought up to me. I thought it was interesting. You know, we actually got into a debate about this. Because I'm thinking from a business standpoint. So obviously you're saying no, so his, he's saying yes? I guess for to save the wrestling business. But, you know... AEW's not in the business to do that, though. They're in the business for themselves, yeah, absolutely. as well they should be. You know, to waste money on ROH, to try and save it, to try and buy it out, that doesn't do anything for AEW. That hurts their wallet more than anything. That was that was my argument. No, I agree. Running short on time here, Mark. This has been episode 198. Two more till 200. One more till 200. So four. The Hollywood Assassin, Mark Schwann. Riley Shepard. And... Able the green man, and I've been your host at Mark J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode, and that's last call. And we're still here with the gladiator of the geeks, Riley Shepard. Now, Riley, this is how you play last call. It's rapid fire questions. And the first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? I hope so. I babble. So this will be fun. (laughs) Well, then away we go. Where's the furthest you've ever traveled for wrestling? I haven't actually gone too far. The furthest I've probably gone is going to be Vermont. Uh, I did a three-day tour with World of Hurt, and we made our way up through New York and Vermont and almost to the Canada border, but we didn't cross over. That was really cool, though. 
What is the worst job you've ever had? I worked at a deli counter in Stop and Shop. People are very particular about their <laughs> lunch meat. And when someone says they want lunch meat shaved, it is a pound of that. You are there for like a half hour. But it's a good arm workout. Oh, my. Which <laughs> fictional character would you like to wrestle? Ooh, hmm. There is a character in Dresden Files who is actually a police officer, and she is completely badass, and I would love to fight her. What is your favorite adult beverage? Sangria, probably. I'm more of a not alcohol or mead. Ooh, I like mead when I go to Ren Fairs. That one, that one trumps sangria, actually. Mead. <laughs> All right. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Gymnastics. Um, I've done that from the time I was 7 to 18, and it also helped with wrestling. What is the best cosplay you've ever pulled off? I actually haven't done too much cosplay. Um, I've been a medieval bar wench and a Pokemon trainer. Um, other than that, the most cosplay I do is wear armor and wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what is your motto in life? I think my motto in life now is it gets better. When I was younger, I was bullied a lot. And so I actually have a tattoo that I wrote in my own font on my foot. And it says it gets better because for a long time I was in a very dark place and it did uh, eventually get better. I got stronger. Um, I surrounded myself with more positive people. And now whenever I find myself in that dark place again, I just kind of look at that tattoo and I remind myself that I've been through a lot already and I can keep pushing forward. What's your favorite karaoke song? I'm going to be so... Oh, you know what? Lion King. I like Lion King. Uh, the What is that song? I'm going to be a Mighty King. Oh, I love that song. Oh, yeah. Disney <laughs> is my favorite. I love Disney. Who is your celebrity crush? Uh, this is going to be a weird one, and no one else will probably agree. Uh, David Tennant is my crush. Uh, he was the bad guy in Jessica Jones, and then because of that, I watched Doctor Who, and I completely fell in love mm. with him on Doctor Who as the 10th Doctor. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in wrestling? Huh. There are a lot of weird things. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, like, I, can't, I, can't, I don't even know if I can prioritize that one. I'm going to say... Stan Styles with his shake weight and his whipped cream. I'm completely mm. amused by him, but it might be one of the weirdest things that I've seen so far. But I'm sure there's other things I'm not thinking of. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Final question. Now, if your career ended tomorrow, what would you like to be remembered for? I would like to be remembered for giving people uh, a different view of women wrestlers, especially children who are little girls who see women and are told constantly by social media and society that they have to look a certain way. And I, I'm not one of those people who's model. Uh, I know, I know I'm pretty, but I am tough and I am someone who revels in her strength and there are completely different types of body types for women. And I want to be that kind of a, a role model for little girls who say, hey, she looks like me and I can do what she does. Riley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I know we have many more years together. I want to thank you for participating and supporting us every step of the way. We love you and we'll see you very soon. Thank you so much. 
Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>